This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Mac and Jack Sports Show. Uh, we're back after, uh, what well, I guess we call a vacation, Jack. We had Thursday off. Keith and uh, the Philly sports guy, Pags, filled in for us. Um, and, and we've got a lot of catching up to do. Um, a lot of stuff has happened in sports. But before we start that, Jack, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Mac. How are you? Good. Excellent, excellent. Um, I guess... We should get into the uh, right away. Get into the last and last night's game where San Francisco beat Seattle twenty-one to thirteen. The defense dominated the game for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Seattle played pretty well, though. They did play pretty well. Um, Purdy, the quarterback, the young the young guy who looks like he's in middle school still, goes two and zero. Uh, and you know they had it was I, I don't know if you saw it or not. I know you're traveling, Jack. But it was not for the game. But Mac, I'm waiting for you, Mac, to start calling for Brock Purdy to be the franchise quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Put him over Jimmy Garoppolo. Put him over Trey Lance. Seventh round draft pick. He was Mr. Relevant, Mac. He was the last player taken in the draft. But because he's managed a couple of games very well, and he's done a very good job against Seattle, he managed the game well last night. A few days before against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he managed the game very well. He did. He's done a, a splendid job to this point, but it's two games. So you're willing – I could just see you, Mac, saying Brock Purdy should be their quarterback. Forget Jimmy G. Forget Trey Lance. I mean, you get on these tangents like you do with Sappy, Minshew. Yes. And all these backups, they play a couple of good games and you go crazy about it, Mac. I'm waiting for you to talk about all the virtues of why Brock Purdy should be the quarterback of the 49ers. But the truth of the matter is, Mac, you said something that made sense a little while ago. I think you mentioned the 49er defense. I think the San Francisco 49ers right at this moment have the best all-around defense oh, yeah. in the NFL. Whether it stays that way, I don't know. They're, that's one team that can win primarily on defense and get and them getting Christian McCaffrey from the Carolina Panthers. What a good move. I mean, they gave up some draft capital, like a second, third, and fourth draft pick. But you want to know something? They go to the Super Bowl, it's more than worth it because oh. they have a real weapon. Yeah, no doubt. You know, San Francisco is is – their defense is big. It's fast. The linebackers are great. They play together as a unit. They're 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 violent. Uh, you know, it's 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 one of the best defenses I've seen in a long time, Jack. And and as far as Purdy goes, Purdy, he does what he has to do for San Francisco to win. Don't turn the ball over, which he doesn't. He's very accurate. He's a he's a he's a good field manager. Maybe a little bit better than a field manager. Um, and I think I think they're they have a real good shot of repeating or going to the Super Bowl. Philadelphia's the only one that stands in their way, so that will be a heck of a game. And he, I think they're both going to be an NFC Championship game. It looks that way anyway. Uh, so, Jack, I mean, I mean, do you think the 49ers have have what it takes to to win the Super Bowl this year? 
Oh, no, no, they absolutely do. That doesn't mean I'm picking them to go there. I mean, I picked the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year, and I've stuck with it all year, and I still feel that way. But speaking of Brock Purdy, when he was taken as the last pick in the draft, I remember the talk was, you know, he's not bad. He's actually got ability. He can actually play. Yeah. So you kind of wonder, is this the best late-round draft pick for quarterback since Absolutely. Tom Brady? No, he's not going to be another Tom Brady. Let's not get no. carried away with that. But is it possible that he's going to have a long career as a start in the NFL? It's always it's always a possibility. I mean, because the 49ers situation at quarterback is really muddled. They don't want to sign Jimmy G to a long-term contract at the end of this year. They absolutely don't. Trey Lance, they can't give up on him because of those first-round draft picks they gave to trade for him. So Trey Lance is going to be a member of the 49ers, and they want Trey Lance to succeed, but they don't know Willie or Woney. And if Brad Purdy plays well, he's going to be to the 49ers what Mike White is to the Jets right now. You have to keep playing him until he shows you, perhaps you should take him out for the next guy up, which yeah. would be, of course, you know, Trey Lance next year. And I don't think Jimmy G is going to be there next year for the Niners unless Jimmy G somehow makes it back for the playoffs and plays really well and leaves the Niners no alternative, basically, but to negotiate with them and try to sign them. But the Niner defense is good enough. It's going to keep them in any game, Mac, any yeah. game at all. And are they capable of shutting down the Philadelphia Eagles if they play them in the, in the NFC championship game? Uh, maybe not shut them down, but certainly contain them. Yeah. And if the 49ers can must up enough of an offense on their own, yeah, it's a winnable game, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a couple things I want to get to. Uh, first, you know, San Francisco is so unique that almost any quarterback could sit, step in and be successful, right? I mean, their team is not built around the quarterback like a lot of teams are. You know, it's built around the running game and the defense. And you just got to go in there and, and don't mess it up, you know. And I'm not saying that anybody could do it, but most most quarterbacks could do it. And, and, and you know, as far as 49ers and the Eagles go, it'd be a great matchup for a lot of reasons, right? You got you got a great maybe an MVP quarterback there with two really good wide receivers going up against a defense and cornerbacks. I don't and, and you watch the game, that safety there was going at it all game with Metcalf. Very strong, very tough. They were fighting almost every play. And that's the kind of team the 49ers are. So could their receivers handle that? I don't know. I don't know if their receivers could handle that kind of pressure. When you shut down DK Metcalf to the extent they did, and I know what don't know what the stats did, on one play, you could see Metcalf is so frustrated. He's holding as the receiver. He's yeah. holding. He's pulling on the – tugging on the jersey. Uh but, you know, I like what they do, what they have on offense, not only McCaffrey, but George Kittle there, Debo Samuel when he's healthy. And with their defense, I mean, I mean, they basically shut down the Seahawks receivers. You talk about Metcalf, Gary Lockett, 
who injured his finger, by the way. And I, I couldn't help but kind of chuckle a little about Geno Smith. He didn't play badly. And Geno Smith is having a good year, but early in the year, people are getting carried away. Oh, Geno Smith, Geno Smith. Geno Smith is what he is. He's at best a workmanlike quarterback, a de- right. you know, a decent quarterback. And that's about it. I mean, yeah. no more than that. And everyone was making a big deal about him. And I just didn't see it. And he's kind of come back down to earth. He's still not, he didn't play badly. He no. was under a lot of pressure yesterday, in all fairness to him. But the elite quarterbacks find a way to be successful under that pressure. Because let's face it, every offensive line in the NFL seems to be lacking for the most part. Very true. Very true, Jack. So l- let's get to tomorrow's game. Like The whole weekend is football, Jack, which is which is great for, for us. Uh, a lot to talk about. So you've got the starters off. You've you've got uh, Indianapolis at Minnesota. You know Minnesota should win this game. Um, their offense is playing really well. Uh, the, the Colts are are having their problems. I don't know if they're gonna. They, they're, I don't think they're making the playoffs this year. So of course, I think this is easy pick, Jack. I took Minnesota. Yeah, and then Minnesota. I mean, to think that Indianapolis is actually going going to go into Minnesota. And when that game is off base, you know what Jeff Saturday took over as a coach of the Colts, they won that first game. Everyone got excited. What a unique story. But Indianapolis has come back down to earth. And we talked about quarterbacks before. Heck, they're going to have to address their quarterback situation. Matt Ryan is obviously way past his peak at best. Matt Ryan would be a decent backup because yeah. of his experience. Sam Ellinger, the cult backup now, he's certainly not the answer. That's one team that's really going to have to address their quarterback situation. I agree with you there. Baltimore's at the Browns. Um, you know, Baltimore's 9-4. and four. Uh, It looks like they're, they're going to be in the playoffs again. Cleveland's interesting because, you know, you still got uh, Deshaun Watson will be starting – I, you know, I think, you know, they could, Cleveland could win this game. I'm taking Baltimore, but I wouldn't be shocked to see Cleveland upset Baltimore, Jack. That's the toss-up game of the day. With Deshaun Watson, it's a question, you know, you kind of have to shed a certain amount of rust. He didn't play last year. He had, he's only come, he only came back a couple of weeks ago. And when you don't get to practice with the team throughout the regular season, you're going to be rusty for the most part. Of course, for a given game, you could catch lightning in the bottle the way Baker Mayfield did last year with his new team, the Rams, just showing up like a day and a half before yeah. and then having that great game. I mean, but that could happen to anyone for like a given game. And I think the people in Cleveland know they're going to have to be patient. They're out of it this year. Deshaun Watson isn't an, an experiment, Mac. He's not a draft choice who you're watching who comes to the NFL and then isn't performing and you're waiting on him, waiting on him, waiting on him to fulfill his potential. Because Deshaun Watson has already been one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL until he had his difficulty. And there's no reason why he can't be one of the elite quarterbacks again. But it's a question of working with his team a while, working with his unit. 
it might take eight, 10 games to get it all together, okay, right. which runs into next year. So I think these remaining games are important for Deshaun Watson because it gives him a chance to connect with the personnel who's going to be there next year, connect with his coaches, connect with the Cleveland system. So he still might have some shaky moments, but he's make no mistake about it. They're paying him $46 million a year, Mac. Basically all guaranteed. So for that amount of money over the next uh, four years after this one, it, Deshaun Watson isn't going anywhere. He's the Cleveland QB. Oh, there's no doubt about that. So Miami goes into Minnesota. Uh, no, goes into Buffalo, sorry. And it's supposed to be snowing, you know, a lot of snow up there. Some people are picking Miami to win that game. I don't. I don't get it. I don't think Miami will play well at all up in Buffalo with the snow. Uh, two was came from Hawaii. He, he, he they've probably never even seen snow for God's sakes. So I think Buffalo wins this pretty handily, Jack. Yeah, I don't know what the temperature is outside of the snow. If it's not that cold by some chance, maybe you survive and you're just playing in the snow. But, but you're right, Mac. You can't, a warm-weather team, they're practicing warm-weather climate all year, and then they go to Buffalo, and let's say it's 12 degrees out and it's snowing. I sometimes wonder about the mindset of certain players. Are they playing to win? Are they playing to survive? Just get out of there. Yeah. Play the game. For, you know, Give it all you have. Maybe in the back of their mind they're thinking, okay, we're probably going to be a wild-card team anyway. We'll get them in the playoffs, okay? This isn't a must game. Buffalo, for them, it's, I don't want to say it's a must game, but it's close to it because they're playing for home field advantage. They want they want to get the bye, and they want all the playoff games in Buffalo, meaning two games they'd have to win to get to the Super Bowl. And right now they would get that bye. So yes. it's a big game for them. And, I, and they also lost to Miami early in the year. So I think this is, a way to kind of restore order for the Buffalo Bills, show that they definitely are the best team in the AFC East. Because if Miami should trip them up and beat them in Buffalo, Miami could say, "We well, we played you twice this year. We beat, we beat you twice. It's a little bit of a psychological edge for Miami, you know. And then the, the division implications on the line as well. But... Uh, but I agree with you. I can't see Miami going in there and actually winning the game. But it might be competitive. It might be close. Pretty, it could be. You're, you're right. So in the standings, Jack, right at this time, you know, it's before tomorrow's games and stuff. The AFC East, Philadelphia's cruising at twelve to one. Uh, there's talk of uh, East, uh, yeah, yeah. There's talk. There's talk of uh, you know Jalen Hurts being MVP. Probably is the odds-on favorite to get that. Dallas is at 10 and 3, Washington is 7 5 and 1, and the Giants are 7 5 and 1. And of course, there's a big game tomorrow night with the Giants in Washington. Uh, this is you know, Sunday night, I think. Yeah, man. Sunday night. Sunday, uh, this is yeah. this is the this is, you know, for Daniel Jones, this is probably the biggest game of his career. You know, is he really going to be the Giants quarterback the, the you know next year? Saquon Barkley, uh, they, they've talked contract with him this weekend. They still haven't talked to Daniel Jones. They're waiting on him. And, you know, Washington is a good team. 
I think the Giants, you know, well, we'll get their picks Sunday. But, I mean, this should be a really brawl-out game, Jack. Matt, I'm not as high on Daniel Jones as you are. I think he's a serviceable quarterback. There's a reason the Giants haven't talked to him about a contract extension and to sign him. They want to see him do something substantial. He hasn't been more than just a game manager. You can find game managers all over, Mac. True. I mean, we're talking about G to Geno Smiths who are with the Giants, they're game managers. You can find them, you know, just about anywhere. I hate to say it. You want difference makers. Let's see Daniel Jones go into Washington and rally this giant team to a victory tomorrow. Let's see him be a difference maker in this big game. Because if the, the Giants are sinking quick, Mac, yeah. okay, they are sinking very, very quick. They've got four games to go. Can they win one game out of the four? That's the question. Yeah. If they win one game out of the four, maybe they can back into the playoffs. If they win two out of the four, they're going to get into the playoffs. If they lose, lose all four, they won't. And let's see with Daniel Jones what he can do in a real pressure situation because Washington is battling for their playoff life as well. Okay, and they're going neck and neck with the Giants to see who gets that third spot. And there's also the Lions and perhaps the Seahawks still yeah. who might have a say in. Who knows? The Packers have a little talk about maybe running the table. Yeah. I doubt it. But we'll see. But the Giants are a team that's sinking quick, Mac. And can yeah. Daniel Jones stop that from happening? Yeah, I mean, it should be it should be a heck of a game tomorrow night. Can't wait to see. Sunday night. Sunday, Sunday night. night. I keep saying tomorrow night. I'm thinking today's Saturday. Um, so in the in the uh, West, we have San Francisco 10 and 4, Seattle, who lost last night, uh, to uh, to the 49ers, uh, 7 and 7. You've got uh, uh, Arizona at 4 9, the Rams at 4 and 9. You know, as we said, San Francisco should be uh, one of, is one of the favorites to go to the Super Bowl. So let's talk about Seattle a little bit, yes, uh, from yesterday's game, Jack. You know, Seattle's defense played well, didn't run the ball really well. Geno Smith played good. I mean, he threw for over 300 yards. Um, and and they by them losing, did help the Giants and the Redskins out because now they're, they're a game and a half to two games behind them. So Seattle's still alive, Jack, um, but they've got to play better. They've just got to play better. Yeah, I mean, Seattle succeeded expectations. A lot of people thought they would be the worst team in the NFL, but the Russell Wilson trade obviously worked out very well for them. They drafted well. I mean, when you have DK Metcalf and Gary Lockett as your receivers, you have elite receivers over there. George Font, a good tight end, Walker, running back, good offensive line. Defensively, they played well. I mean, there's a future there in Seattle now. Geno Smith, like I said, he's not going to be a difference maker. But you surround him with a good offensive line and weapons. Yeah, he could succeed for sure. And he has done it for, you know, a good part of the year. But teams tend to now come back down to earth. And Seattle's 7-7 seven and seven now. Right. And, you know, 
I mean, what was expected of Seattle, but but when a team gets off to a big, big start, uh, even like we talked about the Giants who were six and one, and now they're seven, five and one since that time. I mean, you lose something like five of your last six games, and especially you you look to see how competitive a team is. At least Seattle was competitive with the 49ers. They didn't get blown out. They hung in there. The late touchdown to cut it to eight points made the game look a little closer than it actually was. But they were competitive, unlike the Giants, who were toyed with by the Philadelphia Eagles. I agree with that, too. And to finish it off, you got Arizona 4-9 and the the Rams at 4-9. Both teams uh, out of the playoffs. Well, Baker Mayfield's going to be fun to watch his follow-up game. That's true. At least least there's that entertainment aspect. with what's going on with the Rams in Arizona. And, yeah. What it what and Kyle Murray being out this the rest of this year with the ACL injury. Now the big question is, you know, going forward with Arizona, they signed Kyle Murray to this big deal. And there's serious questions, you know, whether or not he's the answer or not. You know, I know this a pattern, Matt. Maybe you could explain this to me. We see around the NFL quarterbacks come in. And they're really, really good their rookie year. Exceptionally good. That's why they get the contracts. Right. Like a Kyler Murray, RG3, you know, guys like that. And then they kind of fizzle out. It's different from a Deshaun Watson, who you know is a top-of-the-line quarterback. He's proved it over a period of time. You know he's going to be fine, you know, on the field, you know, in, in time. But the other guys, you know, they sign who got big contracts like a Kyler Murray. Is he ever going to come back and show that he's something special and not yeah. the way he did as a rookie? And I question that. Yeah, I, there's there's a few things going against Kyler Murray. First of all, you know, when you're a running quarterback, especially with his size, he's not a big quarterback. You know, the injuries come into question, right? I mean, you know, how how long can he stay healthy? And, and then you have the second thing is when you're a running quarterback, you depend on those legs uh, way too much. You know, you're, you're not reading defenses. You're not calling audibles. You got maybe one read. You read. It's not there. You run with the ball, which happens with a lot of young quarterbacks that can run. You know, I, I really don't know if, if Kyle Murray will ever be a great quarterback now, Jack. Um, you know, can he, can he stay healthy? Um, will he? Will he change his attitude? It's another problem he has. He, he, you know, he likes to argue with people. So, um, you know, it's a big question in, in, in uh, with the Cardinals. And uh, what do they do this year? Do they go out and do they do they draft a quarterback? Uh, do, what do they do? No, no, no. They, they, they <coughs> draft a quarterback. You yes, know, they'll high be free the agents. Quarter. They'll be free agents. No, 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 no. They invested in Kyla Murray. Yeah, you know, I, I, I get it. I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah. I get that, but you know, is he the answer? That's the only thing I'm at. That's, that's what I'm asking, Jack. I don't know. I don't know if he's the answer to Arizona or not. And and we're just going to have to see what he does. If he comes back next year and plays better. So they've um, got to make him the answer. Yeah. They've got to work with them. And the they've got to make him the answer. They're not the only team with that problem. A number of teams are saddled with quarterbacks because of the investment they made in them. 
Denver, they have Russell Wilson has to be the quarterback next year. They got to mm-hmm. straighten him out. They invested too much money. We were talking about the 49ers before with Trey Lance. They can't just move on from Trey Lance so easily because it makes the whole organization look bad, everything they gave up to get Trey Lance. So you keep them on the roster. You hope you could straighten them out. The Jets with Zach Wilson, they can't just move on from him. I mean, they're going to keep him on the bench until the time is right for him to start playing again. And once Zach Wilson goes in for Mike White, for whatever reason, he's the starter. Listen, Matt, Mike White can play a few really good games. And then he could sit out one game for whatever reason because he's hurt. And if Zach Wilson comes in and plays a great game, they're going to continue with Zach Wilson because he's, in reality, he's lurking. and He's their guy. They're, I don't know about that. Once in a while. I don't know about that. Once in a while, a backup can come in, take over for a a perennial starter, hold position. And I don't want to hear ancient history with Tom Brady and Drew Bledsoe. I'll talk about semi-ancient history, Dak Prescott and Tony Romo. Tony okay. Romo's out. The Cowboys had every intention of going back to Romo. They wanted to go back to Romo. But Dak, Dak Wilson played great every single game he was in there. And he was doing it long term for about 10, 11 games in a row. So it made it impossible for the Cowboys to go back to Tony Romo. You never go back to your startup. When your backup is playing great over a long period of time, over a yeah. long period of time, you just yeah. uh, you just don't do that because it breaks the morale of the team, the momentum you have. Hey, Good Byron, morning, Byron. Good morning. Yeah, Byron, we we're just talking of Jack was just bringing up quarterbacks and you know how you know some teams have stuck with their quarterback even after well, they. Byron Williams, you got to introduce him to the people. You That's true. That's true. We take it for granted. We take it for granted. Like he's, he's, here. he's here every Friday, so I kind of take it. What's going on? What's going on, Byron? Good to see you in your Giants sweatshirt this morning. So, yeah, I, I, I did a throwback today. I just wanted I wanted Jack to see my throwback. You yeah, know? I like that. I, like I, I sweated a lot. I, I sweated a lot, and this uh, brought back a lot of memories, a lot of hard catches. I mean, some practice in the on the field, hard fields, and uh, we went out to the California West Coast to stay the week when we played the Rams and the, the and then we had to play the Raiders. So it brings back memories. And 49ers, we we you know this 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 deal here been through a lot. So yeah, I hear you. That's an old that's an old sweatshirt you mean you have on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It still fits after all these years. I hadn't gained I hadn't gained about five pounds, I think. <laughs> yeah, because Jim Jeff Coates clothes don't fit anymore out here. Yeah, yeah, he it probably won't go his head. The head didn't get bigger though, you know. No comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> so Byron, uh let's let's get to the games. I don't want to go back to that other stuff. Uh, you know, he, this pretty guy. I mean, he's young, young quarterback. Uh, he played four years. A lot of people don't realize he played four years for Ohio State. In fact, he started the freshman year, and he's always seems to be under control and calm. And he continues that here with the 49ers. 
Uh, the 49ers, you know, depend more on their running game and the defense than Purdy for sure. But, mm -hmm. man, he's played good, Byron. Yeah, you know, he started as a freshman at Iowa State. And, um, you know, he, he had played and he's a student of the game. You know, they, they were saying even during the season, when the season started, he had his iPad. He'd be on the plane studying the plays, looking at the scheme of things. So not only have he seen it, but he'd been doing it in practice as well. I mean, Kittle, George Kittle was talking about last night that this guy would be eating up, cutting up the practice in, in practice. I mean, when he's on the scout team, he'd go against the first-team defense. So I think sometimes you're mentally prepared as well as physically prepared. And, he, you know, he's there to manage the game. Um, you know, he's he's right there with the coaches. Uh, he's been hand-on. Everybody's been impressed with him. Um, what he did at Iowa, you know, he held three or four or five records in Iowa, Iowa State. Yeah. And um, played as a true freshman, and, and, and last year he got drafted. So, you know, I think this guy, uh, sometimes, you know, the scouting system in the NFL miss a lot of people. And they definitely miss his ability, his capability of how he played the game, how smart he is, and things that he have done to prepare himself for his moment. I think, you know, now <laughs> this guy going to be hard to remove from the starting lineup because of the way he played. And the way he played the last two games, last two weeks. Yeah. He's smart. He doesn't try to do too much. That's what impresses me about him. Yeah, yeah. Even even at Iowa State, you know, it, every game, you know, almost every game, you know, he he was awesome in 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 uh, dri and drives and making decisions and things like that. Pocket presence. I mean, he got all of it. I mean, I know that they should be excited about him because right now uh, it's going to be hard to beat the Forty ers yeah, I agree. They 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 clinched the uh, the division last night. Um, Super Bowl team, Byron, right? I mean, San Francisco, besides the Eagles, you know, besides the Eagles, who could, you know, they probably will play in the NFC Championship game the way it looks anyway. Right. Um, I don't see oh, and, and any other NFC team that matches up with them well. Defense, running game, they're just an all around good. Uh, a great team and fast and violent on defense, Byron. Yeah, I mean the way the way the Eagles play, seem like they got momentum. They got key players to come in, um, even when they was hurt and some of the injuries that that happened to the team during the process. You, it, it's not if you're gonna get a lot of injuries; it's how you manage the injuries and the players that you bring into your locker room to fit the, the the vision that you have and the mission that you have for your team. And you can see the Eagles right now. They hitting they hitting all cylinders, all special team, defense, offense, even the internal line and how they playing and how they protecting just the play calling, um, you know, just the creation of the, the receivers and the things, the chemistry that they have, you know, it's right now they're just playing playing good football and, and you got to give credit to the head coach. Yeah, I mean the head coach has done an unbelievable it's job. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, but I mean, well, well. We'll see what happens. I mean, San Francisco uh, really putting it together here at the end of the year. We got some games uh, tomorrow, Byron. This whole weekend's football, so I'm loving it. You know, I have a lot to talk well, about. The key thing that people forget in, in the NFL after college ball in between the, between the bowl games, the NFL uh, scheduled to be on a Saturday as well. They got three games tomorrow, and it really brings the excitement of you know football because you don't you're not missing a beat on a Saturday when you're so used to looking at football. Yes, very true. And 
in these three games, me and Jack already did our picks, and we pretty much think the favorites are going to win. Uh, you got uh, the Colts play in Minnesota. Baltimore at Cleveland is probably the best game uh, of all three. And then Minnesota, uh, Miami at Buffalo. I don't know why I keep saying Minnesota because I wrote it wrong. Uh, Miami at Buffalo playing in the snow. We think Buffalo should be able to win that. Uh, and we know we don't really get your pick. So what do you think, Byron, uh, on those three games? Absolutely. You got a point on. I think, you know, especially Buffalo right now, you know, they, they don't have a good running game. They 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 used to call the, the elements are perfect for them. That's their style of play anyway. But Buffalo right now, too, they fine-tuning everything. I think this is going to be a good game for them. Um, you know, the Miami Dolphins been on that West Coast side for a couple of weeks, and uh, now they're going up to a cold side. It, it's going to be a it's going to be a good game, but uh, you know, uh, definitely Buffalo going to control that game. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings now all they have to do is win this game, and they be the one the NFC eat North, yeah, right. and uh, first time for a while that they have done that. So it's it's, it's going to be you know they the players should be focused and deciding. And and uh, so it, it's gonna be a good game. And then the the other game, um, you know, I, I don't see I don't see any changes in that game either. I think the favorites will win this week on, on the Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I don't get. Everyone's talking about well, Kyler Murray got hurt. He shouldn't have been running as much. Lamar Jackson, the Ravens should be concerned about signing him long term. He's a running quarterback. He could get hurt. What about Josh Allen? Doesn't he run as much as anyone? No one calls Josh Allen a running quarterback. I, I think I don't like going there with that, this, but I think there's a little bit of a stereotype racism because you get a white quarterback like a Josh Allen Man. who's running all over the place, but no one refers to him as a running quarterback. No one referred to John Elway as a running quarterback. I mean, these guys were – Excellent pocket passes. Obviously, Elway was excellent in the pocket as well. And Josh Allen is a better pocket passer than a Lamar Jackson. But he does run. He, he's Josh Allen is running too much for my liking, and I get a little nervous. I think part of it is Josh Allen thinks of himself as being a tough guy, a real tough guy, like a, in the Brett Favre mode. I'll, I'll mix it up with you. You want to hit me? I'm going to hit you. You know, and yes. if you're Buffalo, I mean, could they survive an injury to a Josh Allen and have a Case Keenan, you know, come in and take over? Because that's my pick to win the Super Bowl, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Josh Allen got everything. I mean, he the, um, the main thing for me when he – I just hope he can stay healthy because the team going to really need him, especially right now because uh, – but but he brings so much. I mean, and, and, and I think one thing about Josh Allen – too. Sometimes he's smart enough to get out of bounds and not take the necessary hits like some of these other quarterbacks. And I think too that, that uh, you know he he just a, a, a big boned strong individual. It's kind of hard to, to hit him. I mean he's tough, and so he brings a lot to the game. I think his his game and you know he rushes for 50, 60, 70, 80 yards a lot, and so he he's just a different dynamic to you know to the offense. You, you know you know Byron. First of all, Jack's wrong. You know, Josh Allen is not a running quarterback. He's a quarterback that runs, right? I mean, he's not. He, he, as a he's not he, he, like he, listen, Lamar he's not. No, Lamar, Jackson, Lamar Jackson is a running quarterback. I mean, there's yeah. no doubt about that. Josh Allen is a quarterback that runs when he absolutely has to or when they call a play for him to run. Then he runs with the ball. 
other than that, Josh Allen sit in the pocket and to pick you apart. So I don't, I don't, I don't think they're the same, Jack. Ravens um, should have gotten a receiver like Stefan Diggs, and you know, then Lamar Jackson would be running a bit less. I mean, yeah, if, and if they if, haven't really gotten them the weapons, if Jackson, if Jackson could throw the ball to somebody, it would be more accurate. Maybe he wouldn't have to run as much, too. He's not, you know, a part of it, too. Lamar Jackson throws in an awkward motion. I think that's part of it, too. Josh Allen is. Better fundamentally, the way the way he throws the ball. But what does that. matter? As long as the darn ball gets there, whether it's awkward, it's like in baseball. Remember, they have these pitches, side on side on submarine. They come in low with the ball. The yeah. way they pitch. they look awkward and funny in a way. That's right. Lamar Jackson compared to Josh Allen, who looks more fundamentally sound. I mean, well, I. I think it's the image. If you look, if you look at Jackson and Allen, and correct me if I'm wrong, Lamar Jackson is gets hurt quite a bit. Josh Allen very rarely gets hurt, right? I mean, he's he's he he doesn't run like Lamar. Lamar Jackson's cutting. He's 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 bursting. Josh Allen just runs pretty much straight ahead and tries to run you over if he can, and that's it. There's two different styles there. So I think that's why Lamar jo Jackson gets hurt more than Josh Allen. Uh, you know, he's getting Lamar Jackson's got that contract out there. I don't know what they're going to do with that, whether they're going to just sign him as a, you know, uh, uh, you know, maybe a one year contract. I don't know. You're going to take a one year contract, Mac? Mac, well, those things are over where team decides what they're just going to give a guy and he has to take it. They're not I, calling the shots to Ravens. I'm not, I'm not calling nothing, Jack. Free. I'm not calling nothing. I'm just think I, I think they're going to franchise tag them and see. How, yeah. yeah, I see what you mean. My apologies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they could do that. You're 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 right. I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm and wrong. I I think I think that's a smart thing to do to see you know if he's if he's really gonna you know if he's if he's gonna if he's gonna start doing what they say slide get out of bounds do what you're supposed to do and don't get hurt. Um, speaking of getting hurt, Byron. Mm -hmm. You know, your Arizona Cardinals, Byron. Kyler Murray. <laughs> Kyler Murray gets hurt again, and I think he's going to continue to get hurt unless he starts using his head. He's too small to be trying to run for a touchdown every time he touches the ball. He's got to change his attitude. He's got a lot of things going uh, wrong with Kyler right now. Kyler's got to calm down and just, and just play football. I don't know if he can do that, Byron. Yeah, he, he's so used to, you know, freestyling and running and things like that. It, it's, this game in the NFL is a whole different game. You got to be wise, got to make good decisions, and you got to go down. I mean, you got to protect yourself. And now they got rules in to where, you know, you can, you can slide, and, and, and he, he got to learn to do that. So certain things that he need to, to learn to do to, in order to survive and be effective in the NFL, and that right now he's not doing it. Yeah. You know, I was talking earlier in the show, Byron, certain quarterbacks, they come in in the league and they have a great year or two, and then they fade and they're never the same again for whatever reason. We saw that with RG3, great rookie. Yeah, he did get hurt yeah. in Afghanistan, RG3. I don't like the way the Redskins at the time, you know, handled the situation with him. But we saw with Kyler Murray, even if he's healthy, is he ever going to be as good as he was in the beginning? You know, you know he could be. I hope he could be, but we see it all the time with these quarterbacks. They just, you know, 
they're really good at early in their career and then they kind of just lose. And even Baker Mayfield, people don't realize it's four years in Cleveland. Yeah. He had two years out of four. And he had an uh, excellent rookie year, Baker Mayfield. He nearly won the rookie of the year award. I think he got edged out by Saquon Barkley. And then he was never hasn't been quite the same. Yeah, and I think too, sometimes these conventional offenses are not and these these freelance offenses that they have now. These run and shoot offenses is not really the key component that you need to have, be effective. I mean, you know, just think, you know, Brady and them had two running backs and protection and had these tight end sets. And, you know, now you got these wide outs. So it's just going to depend on how how strong your offensive line is for protection. But, you know, now these quarterbacks taking a lot more hits than guys back in the day. Uh, even though they putting these rules in not to hit these quarterbacks, but definitely, it's going to be hard to stay healthy. That's the main thing. You know, 18-game, 18 18-week 18 schedule is a long time in the National Football League. And so if you, it's all about how many hits, you know. You get. Now, not counting the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Seven, yeah it, well, with the they, I guess they say 18 weeks because you get that three-week off or whatever, the bye, yeah. week, the bye week. But the bye right. week is the, the, these styles of offense that they're running now is completely different than – then back in, in, you know, have the protection of your running backs. You know, you have a fullback. Now that nobody hardly talk about a fullback. You know, right. just think about that. Right. The rules gotten, guys, have the rules gotten changed for offensive linemen because the blocking is worse than it's ever been in all my years of watching football? That has a lot like, to do. I think that has a lot to do, Jack, with, you know, them not, them not practicing hitting as they used to, you know, and, you know, going through the drills and stuff like they used to. I think that's the biggest problem today. And, and of course, Byron's saying a wide open style. You get no help. You got to go one on one with some of these guys that, you know, these defensive ends. How are you going to stop them? You can't. So, you know, it, it's a, it, I think it's a couple things that are, that are, that are doing that. Good morning, Robert. Glad to, glad that you're on board today. Glad to see you. Um, speaking of uh, uh, quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts. Is he the MVP this year, Byron? I know there's a few other ones out there you could talk about, but I think Hurts pretty much would be the MVP this year. Right now, you know, he looking 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 like it. Um, you know, I was I was telling me and Jim Jeffcoat last week. I, I right, as of right now, at the moment, if you stop stop play right now, he would be probably the MVP. You know, uh, just the season that he have and the things that he have done, the maturity um, that you see, the growth in what he's doing and how he managing the offense. So, yes, I think right now he will be a top candidate. Yeah, I agree with that. Byron, he's been outstanding, Jalen Hurts. I've always liked Jalen Hurts. I give him an A grade individually for how he's mm-hmm. done this. Yeah. But the Eagles have surrounded him in a very good situation. They address the offensive line, receivers, running backs, you know, everything. They, It's, it's like a well-oiled machine there, Philadelphia. And he's at the helm of that machine. So he hasn't had to really be a difference maker. I mean, no quarterback could be doing better than what he's done for the Eagles this year. When you talk about MVP, you know, I think of that more as being an individual award. Has there been any other, like, individual player that's maybe stood out and maybe carried his team a little more? Like, I think in terms of a Justin Herbert with the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers, everything has gone wrong with that team this year, but he's kept them afloat and in 
you know, a decent position to make the playoffs. To me, he seems like a little more of an MVP candidate, only because of all the adversity that Justin Herbert has been under. He's had to basically carry the team. That's just my thought. Yeah, I, and I, I agree with you. I mean, Justin Herbert is definitely an MVP candidate. I mean, I I, I predicted them to go to the to the playoff in the AFC and what he have done his first two years, you know, to throw uh, the have a season, he done broke the records of, of quarterbacks the first two years in the National Football League. So he definitely should be mentioned uh, with Patrick Mahomes and those other guys as well because yeah. of what he have done for his team. I mean, he literally uh, have had injuries at the receivers' positions and things like that, and they have overcame that because of Justin Herbert being able to uh, carry his team, and, and, and he have became a leader on that team as well. Yeah, MVP has always been a, a crazy award to me. It's so hard to 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 see the difference between MVP and best player and and, yeah. and all that. But um, yeah, I mean, you, you could put Josh Allen in there. I mean, there's so many yeah. quarterbacks you could put in there, and you probably could throw a couple running backs and and maybe defensive players in there too. Uh, you know, Saquon Barkley. Uh, you know, and, and maybe even uh, maybe even Dallas Cowboys. Their their linebacker out there. You could say that too. Michael Parsons. Uh, yeah. The, the, the deal is, it's just kind of like the Heisman. It, it's becoming more like a quarterback uh, award. True. true. Very true. Very true. So, Byron, let's let's do a a, a little a little bit in the standings here. Uh, you got the NFC East, of course. Phillies, you know, they're 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 all set. Home field advantage, twelve and one. Dallas ten and three. Washington seven five and one. And the Giants seven five and one. Me and you, of course, we um, we we admit we're homers for the Giants. Um, you know, listen, um, big game this Sunday night. I think this is the biggest game of the season for the Giants and Daniel Jones. Me and Jack talked about that. Yeah. Daniel Jones has got to show the Giants right now that he is the quarterback that they think he could be. Um, you know, I, it's it's. I think it's in Washington. Washington has been playing really well. This should be a really good game, Byron. Yeah, they played two weeks ago and in, in, up in, in MetLife. And so it's one of those quick turnaround games, rematch. And usually, you know, I, I'm excited um, that they play so close in times because they can really rehearse some of the things that they need to uh, make some adjustments on. And I think, you know, um, it's not going to be no home field advantage in this game. I think that it's going to be like, Put the gloves on. Let's go at it, and let's see who the best man win. And so I'm thinking that the Giants are gonna go in and hopefully have a good game plan. And if they, if Daniel Jones will be the key, I hope Saquon Barkley is healthy enough to to rush and control the the line of scrimmage, uh, the offensive line. And I just hope we can have a receiver somehow step up and come come up with some miracle yeah. catches because right now it's been a question mark for us to receive. But I think the Giants got to get some couple of receivers in that are gonna really help the offense and, and do some things. So, um, but Washington, they, you know, it's kind of like Washington and, and Detroit right now is two of the teams that who have turned around their seasons and done some great things. That's because of the coaches and that style of play on the field. Yeah. The Giants are cooked. They're through. I mean, I hate to say it there. You cannot make that statement until Sunday night. Call me Sunday night. Uh, Sunday, I will acknowledge this. Sunday is their last chance, okay? If well, they it's not their last Sunday, chance. They could at least be 8-8-1. Eight, eight, They're probably wow. losing their three games after that. 
and maybe if everything goes right. I don't know what their tiebreaker would be with Washington. Uh, they play Washington again a second time, right? Yeah, this is this is the second game right here. This is, they, they tied the last game. game. Sorry, yeah. They tied the last game, yeah. right. So if the Giants win Sunday, they can maybe hold – they can hold Washington off because they'll have a full game lead on Washington and they would have the tiebreaker. Right. So the Giants – can do that. I'm looking at Seattle is seven and seven. They can maybe hold Seattle off. If the Jets take care of Detroit, which is a good possibility this weekend. So if the Giants win Sunday, they could back into the playoffs, even losing their last three. They'll limp into the playoffs, lose there, and it would be a successful season just to be in the playoffs, getting that eight, eight, and one. But if they're to lose Sunday, they're cooked. They're through. You know. I mean, that, you see they, this? You see this jersey right here that we talked about? This is the good luck jersey. This is this is the turnaround jersey when Bill Parcells turned the Giants around and and Brian Dabov and turned the, the Giants around. This is why I'm wearing this jersey so you can see today, Friday morning, that this is gonna be a game that you're gonna remember. The Giants gonna go up. They gonna be. This is the week that they gonna make it to the playoffs. Byron, you gotta be logical. Even with my Jets, Mac got mad at me the last two weeks. He said, "You're not a real fan because <laughs> you picked against the Jets. You picked them to lose to both the Vikings and the Bills. But guess what? They lost to the Vikings and the Bills. So I got credibility." Yeah. I so you're still, not a, you're still not a fan, Jack. You're still not a fan. That's not a fan. It's not a fan, Byron. Sunday. Byron, I'm asking you. I'm I call that a fair weather fan. He is. He is. He's a fair weather fan. I never thought I'd say that about Jack, but he is. He just he just he sits back. He wants it both ways. That's what it is. Now now I see why we have the true fans. And y'all had a fair weather fan yeah. on the Jets side of yeah. things. You got, to go both you got to go with your team. Yeah. Ride or die. Yeah, he, he wants yeah, it both yeah. ways, Byron. He wants it both ways. Oh. He wants it well. He wants it well. Yeah, I picked him to win. And, you know, they're my team and all this good stuff. And then when they lose, oh, well, see, I told you so. Uh, you know, I picked against them. He's not yeah. a fan. He's he just, in over 50 years, the worst criminals aren't given sentences that long before the Jets have been to the Super Bowl. It's been over 50 years. That's why you got to get on that bandwagon. Wear yeah. down. Yeah. I'm on the bandwagon again with the Jets. They got oh. the games out of the way with the Vikings and the Bills. And now, you know, they're ready to make the playoff push. Yeah, okay. All right. Okay, we'll just we'll 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 reserve judgment on Jack till the end of the season. That's what we'll do. Yeah, I can't so, believe it. No, I can't believe it either. It's it, it's saddening. So, uh, getting back to the standings <laughs> in the West, San Francisco at ten and four, as we already talked about at length, probably the best, uh, uh, most solid team, probably in the NFL. Um, Seattle at seven and seven, they played well. Yeah, I mean, I think, listen, I think the Eagles are the ones that could go toe-to-toe with them, but I think that overall, San Francisco is just a tougher team. Eagles got maybe more talent, maybe, but but I think San Francisco is tougher. So. They're tougher. 
mentally and physically than the Eagles. Yes, I think they got the edge on the coach as a head coach. They they got one of the best head coaches, I think. Cal. It's, I mean, that's 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 fair. I mean, Siriano is is kind of new. He's done yeah. a great job, though. He has done a great yeah. job. Um. So, so so Seattle. Um. You know, me and Jack both said they would probably come back down to earth a couple shows ago. Um, they're still playing well, though, Byron. Um, they should make the playoffs. We'll see what happens. I mean, you still got the Giants they and Washington. Make the play- Mac, Mac, they don't have enough space to make the playoffs. Yeah, I was yeah, just going to say that. I was just going to say that, Jack, because right now Washington and the Giants got a game-and-a-half lead on them. It's Detroit is 6-7, and seven, and they're coming on strong. I mean, there's a lot of teams that are making this last-minute push. So, Byron, does Seattle make the playoffs? I don't think they're gonna make it. I think I think the wild card is gonna come from the from the East for sure. So, I'm thinking that they're gonna be a half a game out because the Giants and the Redskins got a half a game tied, which may, gave them that half a game. So, right now, by them being seven to seven, I think they're gonna they're gonna boot them right out of the playoffs. Maybe so. All right, can my boy Aaron Rodgers run the table five um, in a row and get into the playoffs? No. <laughs> Thank you. This That's is Aaron Rodgers. He's done it before. <laughs> they were four and six one year. They, the year they won the Super Bowl with him. This is a new day. This is 2022. Finna go into 2023. It won't happen this year. Speaking, I'm telling you. Speaking of the North, Minnesota 10 and 3. If they win one more game, uh, I think they, they go with the second place. I think they're yeah. in the second place. I think, um, yeah. And Detroit pushing now, six and seven, uh, coming yeah. on strong. Uh, that coach has done an incredible job over there with that young team. Uh, Goff is playing better. Yeah. yeah. yeah Goff is having yeah. a good job. Goff is playing really good. Yeah. So uh, Minnesota, they'll be up near the top. Are they good enough to – they're probably not good enough to beat the Eagles and the 49ers, but are they good enough to beat the Cowboys? They're good enough to beat the Cowboys. I just think they had a letdown when the Cowboys went up there. But, man, but the Cowboys scored 40 points on them that week. So, no. I, I don't know. Anybody's put up 40 points on you, they they might have your they might have your, your wild card. They might know all the answers to, to defeating you. So, they I, I don't think I don't think the Vikings can beat the Cowboys. You know, they, they already proved that. Mac, yeah. Mac, Minnesota doesn't clinch the second seed. Not, it's not even close to happening. They're one game ahead of the Niners. I don't, I don't recall yeah. them playing this year. Yeah. Unless they yeah. play, that would make a two-game lead. But they still got their work cut out of them for second seed. But you know, sometimes you want the second, the third seed. It's not as big as it used to be because. Teams are thinking in terms of the, of getting the buy, and I mean the Eagles seem to be well in command, you know, with that with only one loss. Yeah, yeah. And the buys and, then, and the buys, Byron, really aren't big a, a big a deal as they were either. I mean, yeah, yeah, you only got one game to play, but you got a lot of time off. And, one game less. No, they up there to me. It's very big because you're playing two games instead of three to see if you can go to the Super Bowl. And both those games are going to be at home. And you can rest your, you know, your players the first week. It doesn't mean you're going there. Lots of teams who get the bye, they get upset. They get right. bumped and tripped up before getting to the Super Bowl. We know right. that. But just the math makes it simpler. You have to win two games instead of three. Yeah. 
That, that's the deal. You have to win. I think it's to. more important. Who, I think it's more important who's hotter at the end of the year, like San Francisco. I think that's a lot more important than the, the exactly yeah, who got the momentum going into the playoff is a big is a big factor. I think. So let's get into AFC East, Byron. Uh, Buffalo, of course, and first uh, New England with, with is starting to surge right now at seven eight eight, and the Jets are seven and six and and. And Jack thinks that the Jets will not make the playoffs this year. Uh, so, you know, we, we don't even want to talk. It's touch and go. Listen, the Jets could fall short of the playoffs and then the year at nine and eight. And the year would be considered a success. It would be a building block year to big, big things. I mean, the fan base understands that. It's all about expectations. The thing about the Jets, too, in the games they've lost, they haven't gotten blown out. Yeah. They're not like the Giants losing 42-14 to the Eagles. I mean, they're in tough competitive games battling to the end. They they lost one score games to the Bills and the Vikings on the road. I mean, they play them tough. They weren't expected to win those games, but they put well, themselves in the position where they could. So those are the good signs. And I like the Jets' chances to make the wild card better than the, than the Dolphins' chance just because of the way – the way the offenses are looking and the way this, uh, what happened the last two weeks with the Dolphins. I think, you know, the Dolphins going to play Buffalo this weekend. I think the Jets might might uh, pull off a, the wild card in that, in that AFC West. Yeah, in all fairness, AFC, AFC, AFC all, East. all fairness to the Giants, uh, the Jets didn't play the Eagles this year either, Jack. So, I mean, yeah. No, I, I, can't, no, I can't see the Dolphins not making the playoffs. Even if they lose to Buffalo this weekend, I kind of see them regrouping. I think they're a little too good to like collapse completely. I don't. I don't think the. I don't think the Dolphins just because of the the, the latter part of the schedule is not that. I, I'm. I'm telling you, I think the Jets gonna gonna play uh wild card. Gonna be in the wild card position in the AFC East versus the Dolphins. Dolphins right now, all the errors laid out of them. They're not. I mean. They're not. They're not looking good to me. I don't, I don't they're, see. I'm they're doing eight that. and five. They're eight huh? and five right now, Byron. They're eight and five. They they gonna be eight and six this weekend. I tell you that now. Have, they do have a tough schedule coming up, so you could be right. You know that that's a possibility. Um, so let's let's go to the to the AFC West and and of course we all we've talked about this forever. Uh, Russell Wilson. He may not even play this week, Byron. I mean things are just. That yeah, trade yeah. looks like one of the worst trades in, in football history since Herschel Walker. And, right. I, you know, I, I think next year Russell Wilson come back, he'll be better. He's a good quarterback, uh, <laughs> really a great quarterback, if you want to know the truth. Um, so, I mean, this year just chalk it up. Uh, they'll play hard because everybody wants to play for the contract and next year and all that good stuff. Uh, but Russell Wilson looks like that's he's through. He's true for yeah. I mean, he he uh, had a big old knot on his head, uh, big concussion uh, this past week. But you know, he had a better game. Finally, had a uh, a really pretty good game this past week. But for his his, his leadership and the locker room control and people rallying around him and in, 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 as a team morale and you being a leader, it hadn't been that good for him this year. So it, it and it reflected on the football field. So. Yeah, Russell Wilson definitely got to spend a lot of time with his team and 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 get some things reorganized with with Denver because even the fans are booing him and things like that. Just little stuff like that is not is not good. So, you know, that's maybe that's why Seattle traded him. Maybe we didn't see that, didn't know that. 
Yeah. Byron, you make Byron, you make a great point with Russell Wilson. He's going to be their starter next year, but he's already seemed to have lost the locker room and he's lost the guys and the hope that he brought to the franchise. He yeah. won't be able to bring the same hope next year. And what can he do about it? Can he reconnect? Can he get on the plane in the offseason? Go visit the receivers, throw to them, go to their hometown. And they might say, wow, he flew out to see me. Yeah. And then they're on the phone, the other teammates. He flew to see a number of teammates. And he could point out to them, Russell Wilson, look, I've had a Hall of Fame type career. But against you guys, I've had a Hall of Shame type career. I want to turn this around, okay, again. But I need you guys to be with me. I mean, is that his best course of action, you know. I think so. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's what he's going to do. He got to either be want to be a football player or he's want to be a celebrity in Hollywood. And, it's, it, you know, it, doing those things, what you just mentioned, going out and showing your teammates that I'm whatever it takes, I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to, we gonna I'm, we need to practice all night, all day or whatever, come out to a skill set. Uh, field practice or whatever, that's what he needs to do because right now he's going lost all connection with everybody that's on his team. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I, it's, that's just, I mean, I don't think there's any a bigger disappointment this year than the Denver Broncos. I mean, yeah. I mean, they had so much, so much, uh, things. High hopes. They, they had yeah. high hopes. They was, they were talking about the West and everything else. Yeah. So in the North, Baltimore's nine and four since they had four. Uh, for Cleveland, uh, five and eight, and Pittsburgh, five and eight. Um, Baltimore going to playoffs again. I they're one of the most consistent teams over the last few years. Uh, Cincinnati with Joe Burrows trying to make another Super Bowl run. Uh, Cleveland, five and eight. You got Watson who's starting his third game. We'll see if maybe he can even upset Baltimore this 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 week. And then Pittsburgh at five and eight. They're slowly chugging as they always do. They're just they're just a tough team. I mean, they, they, they resemble their head coach. Uh, that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. So out of those teams, uh, Byron, if you had to pick a team that, that would maybe make the championship, who are you going with? Cincinnati. I would go with Cincinnati because Joe Burrow, man, he, he, he lined it up. I think it's timing and when the team clicks and you can see the momentum carrying it, carrying over the end of the season towards the latter part of the season, you know, um, Right now, Cincinnati just, you know, but they, they did it last year. I think they, they kind of rehearsing the, what that what happened last year. Yeah. So I'll I say Cincinnati. Yeah, they, they've been there before. So it's, it's a lot yeah. less pressure, I think, when you've been there. Yeah, you know, you, you're mentioning also about the Steelers. Uh, Deontay Johnson, their wide receiver, he's been calling for Mason Rudolph to start the next game. I kind of think that's a no-no because it's disrespecting Mitch Trubisky. In my opinion, you know, and, and that decision is going to be made by Mike Tomlin, who because Kenny Pickett, the rookie quarterback, who would normally start is going to be out. Right. So he is for whatever reason this player wants Mason Rudolph to start. Maybe he's his friend. He likes the way they practice together. But I think unless you're a leader on this team, a, a true leader, and you're an iconic player on the team, you should shut your mouth. You well, know, that's one thing. It, yeah, I yeah, I agree with you. That's that's what gets these young players in trouble because they they don't need to be a coach and a player too. You you got to, you know take care of yourself 
And, you know, let practice speak for itself. And then let the game speak for itself. And you can't be making these kind of statements, especially in the public. That's what get all this uh, – that's what gets you released from the team. So, I'm yeah. telling you, you shouldn't be able to do that. How would he like if Mitch Trubisky mentioned another receiver should be starting ahead of, you know, him? I mean, come on. Yeah. 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 That's why so, you got coaches. I mean, you, you see, it's so much that you need to take care of. It's a 53-man roster, and so you need to take care of your business. Maybe sit some of these guys that just yeah. shut their mouth that I mean. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so when the South guys, uh, a lot of people thought it would be a strong division. It's really maybe turning into the weakest division in the AFC right now. I mean, you got Tennessee at 7-6. and six. The Jags are playing pretty good at 5-8. and eight. In the, uh, the, Col- the Colts – the Colts. I love the Colts. Uh, they're, you know, me and Jack said, that, you know, their quarterback is, you know, he's not really, he's not the answer either for him. This, this. So, so Matty Ice there, he's he's really not the answer. Houston at 111, uh, first round draft pick. So, Byron, uh, doesn't really matter who even wins that division this year. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that division right there just, right now, just need revamping all the way. Um, it's, it's kind of sad, but you know, I, I just think, um, you know, the way they did, uh, brought in Jeff Saturday and, and just a lot of things happened this year in, in, in the NFL that usually don't normally happen. And that division right there is, is, is the division that been very disappointing on competing and, and, and disruption. You know, the Colts have always been very challenging and, been one of the teams that you know highly respected but right now you know they just just got a lot of things to you know to to to, to improve upon you know max just woke me up to something i don't know why i didn't fully realize that i should have jacksonville went ahead of indianapolis they're five and eight they're two games behind tennessee jacksonville can win a tiebreaker there if they could make up two games out of the next for play, they could actually win the division. Wouldn't that be astonishing? The Jacksonville Jaguars in the playoffs winning the division? I mean, well, there's hope there. I just say hope for Jacksonville because all the draft charts they didn't had the last three years, and so now it's paying off. And it seemed like the timing is getting, you know, getting better. They they getting excited in Jacksonville, so that's you know they they've been playing good football. Can you yeah. imagine Tennessee loses all their remaining games and they still could win the division? That's crazy. Imagine that going into the playoffs. How do you psych a team up that they're, they're going into the playoffs like on a six-game losing streak or whatever? It's difficult. It's difficult. It, it'd be kind of like the 11 and 0 Arizona Cardinals last year. And everybody was talking about they could, you know, it, and then they start losing games. It's, you know, it's just like a flat tire. Yeah, yeah. no doubt, no doubt. So. Um, by the way, you know, we, we all we, we do talk about how tough Daniel Jones is. And I, I I saw this stat and I told Byron about it. Daniel Jones has been sacked 55 times this year. 55. That's Maybe if he knew how to release the Don Ball on time, he wouldn't get sacked that much. Maybe if he had blocking, it would help too, Jack. But, you know, I mean, if he got – suppose he got $100 for every time he got sacked. <laughs> he wouldn't need a new contract. Go ahead. Mike. But think about this: any quarterback that gets sacked fifty-five times within the first fourteen weeks, uh, fifteen weeks of the season, they will probably be on the injury reserve. Yes. 
That's a lot of that's a lot of hits, a lot of contacts. And, hits. and big hits too. I'll give you that. Daniel Jones is a tough kid. That's why that they need to give him. That's why they need to give him. They need to pay him a little money for what he's done. You want to sign him, Byron, to a long-term? I might sign him to a two or three-year contract. It doesn't matter. Just because of what he did this year, I I said, you know, you have to sign Daniel Jones. I had to bring Pags in for that. Hey, Pags. Good morning. Pags, uh, you're looking all pretty. Christmas, you look like Christmas. Do I, 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 figured, I figured I would show you what a, 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 a good wide receiver was. Wow. <laughs> yeah, <real laughs> That's my buddy. That's my buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Pags, yeah. at least I got to give Mac credit for going out on the limb for once on something. I got to give Mac credit by saying the San Francisco 49ers are clearly the favorites to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC. At least I give him credit for being bold. He didn't, listen, he's putting words in my mouth. I didn't say they were guaranteed at all. I said that guaranteed. No. I said they would have to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. That's what spreads his head on that. <laughs> you and said I, they were, they'd be favored to beat the Eagles. In I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think that I my statement was, I think San Francisco is an extremely talented defensive team. They got a, a real accurate young quarterback. Uh, you know, Philadelphia has the edge in some areas. I think San Francisco has the edge in some areas. And I think it's going to be – I think they're both – What areas team. What areas do you think San Francisco has the edge in? I think I think San Francisco overall defense uh, packs. I think their overall defense is a little bit faster. They're a little bit younger than the Eagles right now, right? The Eagles are a little bit older than 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 the 49ers. So I, I think I think it's a fairly even, it's gonna be an even matchup. The the question is to me, the question is to me, if that championship happens, you know, are are the Eagles gonna be able, are their receivers gonna be able to play against that tough San Francisco defensive backfield where you saw what uh I, I'm trying to remember his name. Did to Metcalf. I mean, he come on now. Metcalf. Now, I mean, listen, listen. The, the reason why he did was able to do what he's able to do with the Metcalf is because Geno Smith is a checkdown master, so he, he can't throw very far. So you can't stretch the field. So they knew that. I watched that game yesterday, and you're mm -hmm. right. They were all over those receivers. Yeah. You now and. and the one thing, the one thing I will give about the 49ers and their defensive backfield is that they are physical with the receivers. So they're on them, especially when you're in that five to seven yard range. Once you start to get beyond that, there was some opening up. So as you saw, like when Metcalf went when he tried to throw the fall the ball far, there was times where he could have hit his receivers. They were able to get the big plays against the 49ers. It was those short plays they weren't able to do. So, and that's what I kind of see. That's what I saw yesterday. Now, they've got a really good defensive line. I mean, Bosa is the man. You know what I mean? They're going to get some sacks. They're going to be able to do that. But again, that the Seahawks offensive line is nowhere near what the Eagles no. offensive line is. Oh, no, no, I, so. I Pags, I don't disagree. As, as you guys learned, as you guys learned this week. Yeah, listen, I, I don't disagree with I don't disagree with what you're saying. All I'm saying is 
if that is the NFC matchup game, I give San Francisco the edge. I really do. I think yeah, it's because you're a Giants homer, and that's okay. You don't have to give me any. You don't have to give me. I don't. I'm not trying to impress you, Mac, and we don't have to impress you. We just got to worry about the Chicago Bears, like they all said this week. Oh. That they don't care. Yeah. They don't care what Micah Stop Parsons said. They Stop don't care. One game at a time. Right. Let's, let, let's move on from Mac to Byron now. Byron saying last week's game with the Giants and the Eagles is just one of those things that the Giants are going to turn it around yeah. this week weekend against the Commanders, win the game, get in the playoffs, and give the Eagles all they can handle in the playoffs. Uh, you know what? And they got to get to us first because uh, I mean, are they going to be able to get past uh, Minnesota? Or Byron, that, well, I, I mean, because right now they would be if they beat the Commanders, they would be the number six seed. Which yeah. means that they would be going up against, uh, I guess, the 49ers. Yeah. Are they going to be able to handle the 49ers? I don't think so. It'll be hard. It'll be hard to have the 49ers, but we're going to definitely make the playoffs. Well, I think I think that all the – I think Seattle is down, you know, and I think that short of a really mad, like strange run from Detroit that – I think that it's you know I, I unless Detroit wins out, which I just don't see. I think they lose one more game. They gonna lose this week. They play the Jets, so it's gonna be a tough game. I think the Jets gonna beat them. Yeah, all right. Well, and and, and that would end their run. That means all four teams from the NFC East would make it. Yeah, that's what I think. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I believe so. I mean, <laughs> I said that. I said that a couple of weeks ago. Actually, yeah. in that case, the tie would help them. Yeah, the tie actually comes in as a win instead of a loss. No, 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 no. The Giants are eight, eight, and one in the year. Let's say they beat the Commanders this weekend. They lose their last three. They eight, eight, and one. And Seattle is seven and seven. If Seattle goes two and one, Seattle would actually be nine and eight. eight Seattle, eight. Seattle's done now. Seattle's done. The, the the book is written on them right now. I uh, there's just no way. I mean, they. The defense is okay, and unless their defense wins the game for them, they're not going to be able to get into the playoffs. I, I, I that's what I saw yesterday from San Francisco. Uh, I saw San Francisco struggle to put points on the board against the uh, against the poorest Seattle defense. They, yeah, they, they, they secondary took, young, and I think they, too they secondary. You know, and you know they so used to, all these guys are mostly out of college. A lot of the secondary for Seattle, and that's and it showed up last night. They missed tackles. They was out of place. That's why right. uh, you know Carroll and those guys had a good game. No, listen. San Francisco took their foot off the gas at the end, Bags. That yeah. game was one. That game was one in the first quarter. For God's sakes, they were killing them. The San Francisco can't. It wasn't they couldn't score. They just. They just. You see how much they ran out the clock. They were at the goal line. They ran out the clock. They could have scored another touchdown. Exactly. But even still, I mean, for, and they got a rookie. They got a rookie quarterback right now. I mean, playing I doubt great. that, you know, he has been well. play, he's been playing pretty well, but he's been playing well because the defense has been setting him up to be able to play pretty well. Yeah. He doesn't get, he's not able to do the long drives, you know, and, and if it was, and all you got to do is key on Kettle, Kittle. That's it. Yeah. yeah. If you well, were to key on Kittle, that, which is what, which is what they did not do. And he burned them twice, twice for big plays, yeah. thirty plus yard touchdowns on both both accounts. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's 
that was the game. That was the game. If you keyed on Kittle a little bit more, they wouldn't afford those touchdowns. Now you're now you're questionable. I don't know. And I don't think what the Sager was thinking about. You got to you got to play him over the top. You really yeah. do. Yeah, I, listen. I mean, he's just another. He's just a, another weapon, just like just like McCaffrey is. I mean, listen. The San Francisco is a very good team. And, they, uh, and hey, they, listen. I'm I'm, I'm going to give them their props. You know what yeah. I mean? Ultimately, because yeah. what's going to wind up happening is is that it's going. They're going to have to go through Minnesota. Uh, they'll, they'll, yep. they're, not, they're not worried about Minnesota. Not worried about Minnesota. They can't. Yeah, offense, playing they, Minnesota they, in they, Minnesota they, is going to be a little kill. bit harder than. Just, that defensive line will will sack, will kill that guy. I mean, he, he may get hurt. I mean, that's that's yeah, that's just unfair to Minnesota. It really is. I mean, I, the two best teams in the NFC right now. There's no doubt the Eagles and the 49ers. That's it. And 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 I think it's right. going to be it. Yeah, it's not. It's not how it is right now, though. It how it it's how it is in the middle of January. You know, so let's 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 figure it out then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ultimately, we have we have uh, you know we have to get the number one seed. That's that's what our goal. I want to see us with the bye, and I'd like to see us play it out, play out the string. Because you know what, your your guy Gardner Minshew is getting a lot of play time. In the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, he did a lot, he did a lot of good work too. Hey Byron, you played on a very physical giant team, right? I mean, the the, the big blue wrecking crew is one of the best defenses in the history of football. There's no doubt about that. They had a good running game. Phil Sims could throw the ball when he had to, and he was very good at it. I mean, when you're playing physical football, especially when it comes to the end of the year, I mean, your odds of going to Super Bowl are, are increased unbelievably. Right. And then, and that's and that's what you start watching. You start watching how, how how good you control the line of scrimmage on the, and, and run the ball, possession, control the ball, no turnovers, and then um, you know the defense. The defense is uh, lights out. I mean, you know, not giving up stupid penalties and stupid plays and, and things like that. So it's really, you know, that's that's the determining factor for us. You know what they can do now, and th- those teams that are doing that, you can see the difference in the in their strength. That's a great point, Byron. The most, the most, the teams that get penalized the least are always in there at the end of the year too. I mean, that's just, they don't beat yourself, right? Go in there, but make the other team beat you. So, um, Pags, I want to ask you about, uh, tomorrow, uh, tonight's games because, um, no, tomorrow night's games, because, you know, I, I think pretty much it's an easy, they're easy picks out there. I think, uh, the favorites pretty much win, Minnesota will beat the Colts. Buffalo should beat Miami in the snow. I think the the best game will be Baltimore versus Cleveland. Uh, I I I think you're poo poo and pass that uh, Buffalo Miami game. I mean, I understand that you're you know because it's going to snow and it's supposed to be really cold that it's going to be. You know that's going to be it for Miami, and I, I just, I don't know that I 100% agree with that. I, I think that it's going to be a much tougher game, and realistically, that game is going to determine the division winner. So if Miami wins that game, they win the division. If Buffalo nah, wins that game, if Buffalo I, wins I that game, they win the division. I don't I, I, I listen. So. <clears throat> I listen, where Tua comes from a white. Whoa, 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 Pags, wait. My, Buffalo has a two-game lead over Miami. Right. Miami could win that game. 
Buffalo's still going to have a one-game lead over them. So how could you just say Miami's going to win the division? I, I just think I think that this will win the, the division. I, I believe that whoever wins this division. game wins the division. But Miami's going to have to make up one additional game, even if they beat Buffalo at Buffalo. I agree. Yes. You know, and so I, I think it's just going to be a much tougher game than, than than you guys. You're just saying, hey, Buffalo's going to win that. I, I, I just can't give that to them. The, I, the, the Cleveland, the Cleveland Baltimore game. Does anybody even care about that game? I mean, Cleveland, Cleveland's n- done. They stink. You know what I mean? They, their quarterback is not going to be playing this year. You know what I mean? I mean, realistically, I mean, he's playing, but he has no, he's got no continuity. I mean, think about it. He had to go through that four game. He's got to go through that four game preseason while well, he went through now game two. You know what I mean? And he's got two more games in that preseason. So by the time he starts to play, the season's going to be over. So Mac wants Cleveland to shut down Deshaun Watson for the rest of the year. Well, that probably wouldn't be a bad idea, actually. So yeah, I think they have a better chance. I think they have a better chance with their backup quarterback because he's he was NFL ready. But they're not going to do that. They're going to they want to show the wares of what he's got. So, 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 so your picks, you got Minnesota, right? Over yeah. Minnesota over the Colts. Baltimore, Baltimore over Cleveland, Baltimore over Cleveland. Yes. And, and I have, uh, I have, if I was a betting man, I, I would probably take Miami with the points. Yes. But you think Buffalo will win that? Yeah. I think Buffalo pulls it out, but I think it's going right. to be a much closer game. Okay. All right. That sounds good. So here's my um, question for you, because I, I woke up this morning to this. Uh, who is uh, – it, it's a close race for MVP between Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Patrick Mahomes has over 1,000 yards, passing more than Hurts. He's got 33 touchdowns. Hurts has got 22. Uh, Hurts has got 10 rushing touchdowns. And Patrick Mahomes only has two. And he's got 600 rushing yards in comparison to Patrick Mahomes only got 200 rushing yards. Patrick Mahomes has 11 interceptions. And Jalen Hurts has only two or three. And then wins against playoff teams. Jalen Hurts has five. And Mahomes only has two. Yeah. I I mean, I Byron, what do you think? I mean... I mean, I think I think I already said that Hertz would probably be the MVP, but you can't count out Joe Burrows. You can't count out Josh Allen. I mean, there's a there's a there's quite a few players that have a shot at that MVP this year. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I think right now Jalen Hurts is the leading candidate. I said that earlier. So I, I think he's you know just what he's done overall with you know interception ratio, touchdown rushing, passing, getting the ball. What do you mean to his team right now? I think he's definitely the top candidate. I'm surprised you guys, uh, Byron Mack, didn't mention Daniel Jones. If no, they could stop. win like two, no, three, stop four already. games. Stop you already. Know, uh, I mean, I mean, I mean. Who cares who's the MVP to this point? Things are going to change in the next few weeks. I mean, who cares? And it's like splitting has. In yeah, this I mean, it, it, could, it could be it could be almost anybody. I mean, I mean, you, there's a couple of defensives. Uh, let me ask you this. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Let me let me simplify it. Take those guys, put them out for the rest of the season. They can't play. 
which team would be most affected? If Jalen Hurts, who I love, if he couldn't play anymore this year and Minshew took over, would the Eagles continue to win? Probably. It would be harder, though. It would be a lot harder, but they would probably continue to win. If Josh Allen went out, Case Keenum took over, would Buffalo win, continue to win? Probably, but it would become a lot harder. If Patrick Mahomes was out, eh. If, that's why I like Justin Who's Herbert. their backup quarterback? Well, that's it. But well, we don't even know. You you you, you announced who the backup head. quarterback was on either one of those teams. I don't know who the backup quarterback is in Kansas City either. It yeah. you know, I know it's not Nick Foles, but it could be Nick Foles. You know what I mean? It could be anybody over there. So it's like I mean, you you're saying that it's it's not going to be. I tell you what, if you there's two people on the Eagles right now that if you were to lose them, it, it would change the entire offense. And it's Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. If either one of those guys goes down from an injury, the, the whole offense has got to change. Anybody else is is expendable. You know, well, minus well, like know three or I, four of them. You can't have three injuries. Well, you know what I mean? But well, I, I think if A.J. Brown was out, Devontae Smith is given a lot more responsibility, and I think he shines. I, I yeah, think he could shine, but I think that it's going to change the offense dramatically. Listen, dramatically. listen, AJ, AJ Brown ain't winning no MVP. That's not happening. No, we I mean, weren't talking about him winning an MVP. I was just talking about how the offense changes dramatically. Yeah. Yeah, I listen don't know to what I'm either. saying, Mac. Don't, don't just put words in my mouth. I, I didn't say AJ Brown's either. winning an MVP. I, I don't know MVP. about that either. I don't know about that either. The Eagles have a really good team packs. I don't know if that's going to affect them a lot. I think one of the people we should consider is Joe Burrows. If he gets hurt, what happens to the Bengals? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, that's 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 something that the uh, needs to do. Um, good morning, Frank, uh, our favorite Eagle fan who loves getting on pags first thing in the morning. And uh, you know, there you go. That's all right, Frank. He's going to be doing a lot of crying. He's going to be doing a lot of crying in February when we win the Super Bowl. He's got to deal with all that noise going past his house for the parade. There you go. So, as long as Ohio uh, State doesn't win the national championship, Frank <laughs> managed to take it as hard as it yes. would be. If Ohio yes. State wins the national championship, he's going to disappear for a while. Guys, let's 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 jump over to Major League Baseball for a minute. I mean, a lot of a lot of big uh, signings uh, last couple of days. New York Yankees signed pitcher Carlos Rodon uh, for a lot of money, of course. Um, the Mets signed a couple of people. They got a Japanese pitcher. I don't know his name uh, off the top of my head. And a catcher. Um, you know, uh, San Francisco signs Carlos Correa for four hundred twenty million dollars. Uh, uh, three fifty. Is it three fifty? Okay. Three fifty for thirteen years. All right, yeah. three hundred fifty million dollars. Still a lot of money. And uh, Noah Syndergaard's back with the Dodgers. Uh, of course, the Yankees are trying to. Uh, that makes their pitching staff even stronger. I mean, that does. He's probably the number two uh, pitcher on that staff. So, uh, what do you think, Jack? Uh, Pags, Byron, are the Yankees got a better shot at going to the World Series this year? Yeah, I'm impressed with the Yankees' starting staff. I mean, they have one of the best starting rotations in baseball now, with yeah. you know Garrett Cole, Radon, Luis Severino, Nestor Cortez. The fifth starter, maybe Frankie Montes, if he could regain what he had at Oakland, Clark Schmidt there. 
they still might have to address the bullpen a bit. Closes are hard to find. I think Clay Holmes, if he could be as good as he was the first couple of months last year, he could handle the closes job. But uh, big move for Don. Very big, big move for the Yankees. Pags, what do you what do you think about what do you think about the Mets getting? Uh, you know, again, I, I I don't know the Japanese pitcher off my head, and 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 they got an all star catcher. Uh, does this make them the favorites over there in the East? I think they mets it up again. The the Mets, they like to mets it up, so uh, I think that they'll come out strong. I think that the arms will get tired. I think that you you have a very old staff. You know, you got your two guys are are over 35 years of age you know and it's, yeah so it's uh, they're gonna that's that's a question mark right there uh i don't know about the japanese pitcher i guess we'll see you know he he could probably be a great pitcher i, I have no idea i guess we yeah. won't know until then but they're the mets and they mets it up all the time all right, all right. byron i know i know you follow baseball too um yeah, I saw I saw the sixty-two. I saw the sixty-two. Uh, I saw the number sixty-two home run. I was at, at uh, the Rangers ballpark over here when I saw uh, Aaron hit that uh, a sixty-two home run. Yeah, yeah, second. Yeah. Yes. So so uh, you know we San Francisco, you know they signed uh, Carlos Correa to, uh, I think Jack said five was it five. 11 years, years, 350 million. 13 years, 13 years, 350. Uh, So, I mean, the salaries in baseball, I mean, they're out of control, Byron. I mean, the NFL, the NFL, besides the really, really outstanding players, they make that money. Um, I, You know, good, I'm glad they got what they got and they, they make their money. But the money is not no longer to pay the bills. It's status, right? It is. I mean, just uh, it's it's crazy this day and time. It just goes to show you how much money the owners are making, and there's a lot of money that to be made as, as if you one of the top athletes in your sports. And uh, you know, of course, in baseball, you only have what 26, 26 guys on the roster. But uh, but definitely, you know, you can get excited for the baseball players, uh, but. Uh, and then you know the signing bonus is what the football players try to shoot for in, in the NFL. They try to get that big signing bonus. What do you think yeah. is going to be the repercussions of these large contracts in terms of the longevity of them? You know, we have the, this year alone there were three or four players that have signed up until they were forty years of age. Now, assuming that once you start to turn 35, everything starts to deteriorate in a big way, that there has been less and less players making it to 40 years of age. Most of the time, you're done around 34, 35. So, but now you've got, like I said, four or five players this year, including, including, you know, one in the Philly signed that have gone, that are going to be playing into their 40 years old. How does that? How is this going to affect baseball later on? Like in six, seven years, I think baseball have a serious problem because they are going to be stuck with a whole bunch of players who can't play baseball anymore, and they're going to be paying a lot of money. There's going to be a lot of Bobby Bonilla contracts out there. 
Good, no one looks at the back end of the contracts, unfortunately. They look at the front end. But let me say one thing. If a guy is signed like a Carlos Correa, who's 28 years old for 13 years to age 41, what are the contracts going to be worth in 10 years? I mean, the numbers he's getting in 10 years, you know, the back end of the deal might not seem as bad. Look at the Bryce Harper contract with Philadelphia, okay? Uh, he signed for $330 uh, million for 13 years. And to me, that wasn't a bad deal in the sense if you were going to give him $33 million a year for 10 years, that's $330 million, meaning he's... And then you get three years free. You're getting three years free if you want to... And, but look at the I, back end. It's eight years. I understand, I understand what it is you're saying. But, I, but when you're paying players that can't play, there is... there. I mean, you could look at... Carlos Correa is a great player. However... You could almost say that he's start already starting his downside. No, he's not starting it yet. No. Yeah, no, you could you all. could say that though. I mean, he no, had no, last no, year. No. Last he's year, still... he did not have as good a season as he did in previous seasons. He good, so he yeah, could he already. So in three years, in three years, that could already start to be a bad contract. Now, now, no. when you say what's it going to look in, in in nine years? What what are these contracts going to look like in eight nine years? I think that baseball is going to wind up having an awakening and they're going to wind up having to play the pay these players a lot more money in a shorter time span that you're going to start seeing. Now, you've already seen 40, 43 million dollar contracts and stuff like that. You're going to start seeing 50 and 60 million dollar contracts for three to five years rather than doing the longevity because you're going to need to be able to get it done and out of the way as quickly as possible so that you're not, you know, so that you're not holding bad money. Pags, good point. That's where Mac and myself used to get into disagreements with Francisco Lindor, the Mets shortstop. The Mets signed him 10-year extension, $311 million. Uh, $31 million a year. Lindor had an outstanding year last year, that first year, that deal. And Mac saying, now what do you think of the contract, Jack? Mac is gloating. And I said, Mac, of course he's going to be good the first five years of that contract. He'll be worth it. Let's see what goes on in the last three, four years when that contract is hanging around your neck when he's really but, declining. And, but, and that's where, but, And that's where you get the, you know, is, is he worse? Was he worth fifty million dollars this year? That, that you could front load the contract so that I mean that's how that's how I would start to think about how you're doing these contracts. I'm going to front load some of these years, and then you know make it later in the back end. Well, well, as far as what Jack was saying, if the Mets win a World World Series or a couple World Series, that that contract is very valid. Um, and, and as far as you I know, could, I, I could agree with that. And yeah. and, and guys, you know, I mean, you know, you're talking forty million dollars a year. I mean, where does this stuff end? I mean, when 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 do when do when does the fans with the prices going up and 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 packages going up and I mean, where does this stuff end? I mean, it's got to end somewhere. Yeah, so think about this. Definitely, it definitely yeah. can. Yeah, this, so, and, and then let's look at the Mets. Let's look at the Mets as a prime example. Okay, I they they are starting to get a little older. 
You know what I mean? If the Mets, if age catches up with the Mets, and it could very easily, you know, not maybe this year, but next year, and all of a sudden, you got an old group of guys playing baseball that can't win games. Now you got nobody showing up to the ballpark. That's when things are really going to start to hit sour. You know what I mean? Because yeah. right now they're com- they're competitive, and they're competitive during the right time in the regular season. When they went out, when they went to the playoff time, you know they wound up getting knocked out, so you don't get any of that money. But That's right. Uh, right now, right now. It wouldn't be the biggest. It wouldn't be the strangest thing in the world to see. You know, they that both good pitchers, both Scherzer and Verlander, get hurt in in the preseason and can't start the season off. It wouldn't be unrealistic to have that happen because they're both over thirty eight years old. Can I can I say? I think Scherz is what like forty one, if I'm not mistaken, and Verlander is thirty nine. But I think the mentality might be that these general managers have to win now because they might be thinking, if you don't win now, I'm going to lose my job. Let me sign a long-term deal. I'm not going to be here anyway in 10 years. And if they do win in the beginning, you know, whatever. They're not worried down the road. I think owners, too, might be thinking, I might sell the Don team, you know, a few years from now. I'm not worried. And years from now, the next owner will pick up the contract, maybe. There are different ways of looking at it. I mean, we're looking at it like what's really best for the team, you know, long-term all around. But they're thinking the professionals win now or we're going to get fired. It's very possible. It's very possible. But it's all yeah, about but- winning. It's all about winning now. But I, I don't see too many owners trying to sell teams, though, either. So no. No, that's something <laughs> Well, look making, at the Mets. They signed Brandon Nemo. Good outfielder who's 29 years old to an eight-year, $162 million contract. You mean to tell me he's not going to hit some bumps in the road in that eight years? Maybe the maybe the last three, four years, he's going to be very mediocre. And you're yeah. paying him over $20 million a year. Yeah. yeah I mean, how much, I mean it, think, it, how much do you think it's going to cost? Uh, the two new franchises to come into baseball. There's going to be two franchises that come into baseball here Williams. within the next two to three years. What, what, which 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 cities? I think Nashville and Vegas. Billions. I don't think anybody. I don't think any moves into Vegas. Oakland doesn't get to move into Vegas. They're not going to move them. Uh, I think that Nashville and Vegas are going to be the two franchises that wind up that wind up coming in. That. One half billion dollars? Is it one billion dollars? Oh, is that going to be the thing? I'm taking five billion dollars. Yeah, least. billions, billions, billions. Billion. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, you can't. It's unrealistic to charge a new franchise a franchise fee of five billion dollars to join the league. I think that that's unrealistic. I think that it could be a billion to a billion and a half dollars because they still need the money to be able to support their team. I'm giving five. You're taking five billion with a B. It's not going to be, you know. It's just I don't see that happening. I don't, I just don't see it. Uh, I I, and, I don't know, Pags. I, I think you're gonna you're gonna pay billions of dollars to play to own any any team that now. I mean, it's just, oh no 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 no. It's going to cost billions of dollars to own the team. Yeah. But I'm talking the franchise fee to come into to come into the Major League Baseball. 
what is that fee going to be? You're going to need $5 billion to own your team in Vegas and in Nashville. Absolutely. But you are going to have to pay a franchise fee to have them to have this join Major League Baseball. What do you think that fee is going to be? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. One point five billion is that? I mean, I I think that that's that sounds about right to me. But I, I, again, I don't know. I don't play in those numbers. Yeah, it 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 could be it could be in the high hundreds millions. It could be a billion dollars. It's going to cost some money. Carlos is Carlos has joined the show when he has a few comments here. He says Mets sign like a new team talking about, I guess, the free agents uh, trying to be to win right away. Uh, he says you can see Nemo. Three good years, at least. But he got and, a nice year contract. Big deal. He gives you three good years. <laughs> you know, well, you're paying him for eight years. You're paying him good money, a little a little over 20 million a year. And right, right now, right now, it's a 2.2 billion dollars for a new team to come in and pay franchise 2.2 billion there you go 2.2 billion wow that's that's higher than i expected it to be yeah but you know uh, billionaires are the new heirs yes yes it's true it's true so he said nashville kind of knew what was going to happen and uh nashville has an investment group ready to support the endeavor so I mean, yeah, it's it's. I got to I got to go to Frisco this morning up north. They got the Go Army High School All Star Game. I got to go up there and and uh, share some some knowledge. They want some old guys to come up and share some knowledge with some high school kids. Hey, hey folks, I'll tell you. So who are they getting? It's a lot of high. (laughs) It's a a lot of high school kids. the playing playing all star f- football this weekend here in Dallas, so they want some old football players to come up and shake their hands and and look at them. Yeah. So before you go, Byron, everybody get a chance on YouTube or or, or yeah, on YouTube especially, go check out JMB Talking Shop. They had one of the best shows they've done. They had some former football players on there. They have some new football players up and coming. NFLPA putting on a Christmas party. I think it was Byron. Down yeah, we had a Christmas party. Yeah, yeah. And, and and him and Jim were, were on point. At a, it's a great show. So you get a shot, go back and, and check that out. And Byron, thanks for coming in, as you always do, every Friday. Uh, we love having you. So have a good one, Byron. All right, you guys have a great weekend. Byron, we thanks. Take thanks, care, Byron. Byron. So there you go, folks. Byron Williams, former New York Giant wide receiver. And, of course, he played all over the place. World Football League, National Football League. Uh, a really good guy, very insightful. Uh, we have on there. Um, too late for a break, Jack. Sorry, I know you already you already kind of did something. So um, let's let's jump into the NBA. We haven't we haven't touched on that yet. Um, I guess first first of all, Steph Curry injured, uh, messed up his shoulder trying to stop a player from driving. Um, you know, I mean, this has got to affect San Antonio at least for the next couple couple months. Jack, what do you think? Are the Warriors. San Antonio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to affect San Antonio. They're going to get better Just because of that. Francisco, <laughs> you know, because he plays Curry in the Bay Area. Yeah. Mac always plays baseball. Uh, yeah, obviously, Steph Curry is the heart and soul of that team. I mean, we talk about all the balance that the Warriors have. The chemistry's kind of been missing a bit this year. 
But of course, you know, the whole NBA, it's positioning yourself for the playoffs, peaking for the playoffs. And a veteran team like the Golden State, you, you don't expect them to leave it out on the floor too early in the year. Uh, but Steph Curry, the question is, how long is he going to be out for? I'm not sure. You agree with that, Peg? You agree that's going to really I, affect him? The- I think I think that as long as he makes back shortly after the All-Star break, they're going to be fine. Uh, if, if there's ever a team that I thought doesn't matter their seeding, it would be the Warriors. Uh, like you said, in, in basketball, more than any other sport, I mean, except football, I would say, but but basketball, more than any other sport, it's more important to have home games. Now, you know, because you don't usually see the lower seeds win. It's usually everybody holds serve. So if you're in the top four, uh, you know, obviously you want to be number one, but you want to have the home game. So it's that's, that's really what I see. So if the Warriors make it as the sixth seed, you know, you don't want to be the seventh or eighth. You don't want to play those extra games. But if you were making it as the sixth seed, they have just as strong a chance of making it to the finals as they would as the second or first seed. Carlos says, no curry, no curry. I'm less tech ticket ticket sales. sales. You can get a few deals now that he won't be in New York City. I don't know if you're going to get less ticket sales or not. I mean, you know, this the, they're still a really good team. I mean, I, I don't think that'll affect them too much. Um, and- well, the war is an interesting thing. They brought back James Wiseman who was a couple of years back the number two over, overall pick in the draft. He's the Warriors equivalent of the Jets' Zach Wilson. So they're trying to straighten Wiseman out, wanting him to be an impact NBA player. So it's going to be interesting to see going forward what type of year he has for Golden State. Because uh, if he doesn't have an impact type year, I don't think he's ever going to be an impact type player. I agree with that. Is are the Celtics? I think they are the best team in basketball, guys. I think that that I think they go to NBA championship and win it this year, Jack. What do you think? They, they've gotten off to a flying start, but let's. The, it's a question of the rest of the East kind of catching up to them. So I mean, let let's see what let's see what happens. I, I think a lot of the teams are kind of playing themselves into shape, even though I know they had a preseason trying to get the chemistry and the form down, the best combinations. I'm, I'm sticking with the Cleveland Cavaliers to come out of the East when all is said and done. Well, I, I Bags, I, I guess you'd have to admit, though, that the Celtics are playing the best basketball right now in the league, right? Right now, right now. And I, I think that that's, you know, is, is this the coach trying to prove something? You know, obviously that they had that coaching change. Uh, because of all the stuff that went on, uh, is is this him? Uh, the one thing I think about with basketball is you don't want to peak too early, and are they peaking a little early? And that's that's what it is. Yeah, that you're going so hard right now uh, when it doesn't matter as much. You know, you every yeah. every win matters, obviously. So let's let's call it for real. And they do have a great team, so it's not a matter of, you know, sometimes they could probably go at eighty 
80% and still beat some of these teams. So it's not mm -hmm. a matter of having to go all out and ball each time. But uh, is it – you don't want to peak a little too early. No, Alex, Alex, the Phoenix Suns were the best regular season team in the NBA. They were absolutely outstanding. Then the playoffs come around. And they're struggling to beat the Pelicans, you know, without Zion. They're struggling to beat the Pelicans. They finally do it in six games. And then they lose to the Dallas Mavericks, and they're out of the playoffs. And this, and they, the Phoenix Suns last year are what the Celtics have so far been this year. Maybe the Celtics follow that model. They're good all year long. And by the time the playoffs come around, they're kind of, you know, they kind of peaked and they start sliding backwards and some of the other teams are catching up to them. Look, three years ago, Miami went to the finals, the Heat. They kind of peaked for the playoffs. I'm, yeah, but yeah, see, it, it's so different. It's such a different thing when you start talking about the bubble year. So I, I you really talk about the bubble year the same way that you talk about a normal season. And, and uh, although – like I said, Miami, they played close to home. They were in the bubble just like everybody else. But everybody around Miami, you know, all they had to do was drive up to Orlando, which is a four-hour drive where everybody else had to, you know, get to, you know, Miami. And they just weren't – it wasn't as simple for them. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things that uh, occur. The Sixers, yeah, you, you – you, Carlos, hey, listen, the Sixers are definitely not, you know, not kicking on all cylinders yet. And, you know, Harden's got a good game. Then he's got an uh, egg game. You have Joel Embiid, who's been playing great as of late. But I expect that that's going to fall off a little bit. I mean, what was it? Uh, last week, I think he averaged 45 points a game, you know, or something like that. It was it was something ridiculous. It was, it was just over the top. Uh, so I, I feel that. Yeah, that the Sixers are not necessarily concerned right now about what's happening, that they are just biding their time and, and waiting to get through the All-Star break. And then after the All-Star break is when you really start to kick it up a notch. That's that's the traditionally Sixers, the line. Check. I think with the Sixers, the wild card is Maxi. We know how good he is, but he's got to turn into a genuine star. Or a genuine start. If he does, the Sixers have a shot, you know, at the NBA title. I think it falls on Maxi because then you have a one-two punch and beat, who's obviously one of the best players in the league. And if Maxi can be his Robin, a true Robin to his Batman, Sixers have a shot. Carlos is just trolling you now. Don't worry. Yeah, I, I, I know he wants he wants the team blown up. Uh, whatever, you know, that's, that's okay, yeah. Carlos. You could, you could be a hater because your Knicks have, have just, you know, just stink out loud. Easy, easy, in, easy, 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 back. Jack, is, is this the Nets best chance to make the championship this year with those, with those players? I'm going to tell you the Nets have been playing well as of late. Okay. And maybe there's upside there. If we have no more Kyrie Irving drama, let's not forget he's a terrific player. And, Kevin Durant, obviously one of the best players, you know, in the game. And if the chemistry happens, I mean, this is, I think for the Nets, unlike other teams, it's extremely important that they play well now. I mean, they're not guaranteed of a playoff position, but 
I, I think they have to establish themselves right now. A team like the Sixers could kind of bide their time a little, like Pax said. It's not urgent that they play so well right now. They just want to get it together for the long haul for the playoffs. I think with the Nets, there's an urgency that they've got to establish themselves now, and they're actually doing it at the moment. Yes. See, Carlos is an equal opportunity troller, Pags. He's, he's bugging me now, so that's it. That's just the way it is. So, and that's so um, what they are. They're the average yes. team. That's just what they yes. are. Accept it. Well, I want to talk about let's let's talk about the Knicks for right for a minute right now. They're on a little winning streak right now. They're 14 and 13, um, or 15 and 13, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, Randall's kind of taking the leadership uh role with the Knicks right now. He's having a really good year. He's scoring over 30 points and and grabbing a bunch of rebounds. So, I mean, they're playing pretty well. Brunson is, is, has contributed. He's doing what he's supposed to do, being being signed. I don't think he's doing enough uh, right now anyway. I think, you know, he's got to do more than 20 points a game. But I think the Knicks are are, are solid. They're, they're a little bit better than average. And, you know, as you said, that's what they are right now, Jack, until they can get themselves uh, a, a, a real good free agent. So that's what the Knicks are. So, uh you know, I don't think Tibbs is going to get fired. I don't think it's his fault. But, you know, uh, Jackie, they're, they are what they are. I agree with you. So. Yeah, I think with the Knicks' expectations aren't that high. They really have a great fan base. People don't give the Knicks fan base enough credit. That's one of the best fan bases in all of sports, how loyal right. they are to the team. If the Knicks can win a playoff series, and I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, a play-in team is more like it survive the play-in tournament, and win one playoff series, that would be a great year. Oh, crazy. Everyone would be happy. No one has illusions of the Knicks no. being a serious NBA no. contender. No, not at all. They, they got a lot of work to do. Uh, Pags, over in, in the West, it looks like they have, you know, a pretty competitive uh, division over there. Uh, they got a couple, I think, that are starting to come, you know, starting to come out and be the better teams. And and the New Orleans Pelicans have really been playing good ball. I like uh, Zion Williams. He's finally healthy. He uh, like- you know, what a difference a player makes. I mean, well, that's he? that. He's, I mean, between him and, you know, and, you know John Morant. You know, I tell yeah. you, that's another guy. That's another kid who's who's I'm just playing, playing lights out. Yeah. You take those two guys off of their teams, and you know, I, I would say that. Whoa, you know, whoa, whoa, Pats! I got to call you out on this. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let me finish. Let me finish yeah, because because Memphis does have Aquaman and stuff like that that play on that team and stuff like. that. I mean, Memphis does have a little bit better team, but if you take John Morant and you take Zion Williamson, you take Zion Williamson off of that team. They ain't got it. They don't have a team. You know, I mean, that guy, he is going as far as he is now finally playing as advertised. He's now yeah. finally playing as advertised. Yeah. Uh, John Brand, man, he's just a beast right now. Well, last and, year, and, last year, Pads, last year, the Pelicans did make the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, they, they did play pretty good last year. I think Zion well, they got in. They got in as the what the nine seed. Right. I think they, they did Something pull like out. They pull off the upset. Something like that. Zion has just put them, you know, he's just he's just taking his team and kind of and kind of rocketed with it. They were uh, playing a team and then they got in the playoffs. Yes. And they gave yeah. They took six games. Yeah. Uh, Wait, as the nine seed. I mean, I think that they were the first nine or ten seed to actually get in. Yeah. And 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 they and they and they did play pretty well. Um, 
Carlos says the Grizzlies are on top. That's true. They're playing. They're playing. I really just want to mention what Pat said. Last year, the Grizzlies had a better record without Jay Moran, percentage wise, than when he was right. in. Jay Moran's a great player. Any team is, is much better off having him than not having him. Don't misunderstand me. But I don't want to hear they'll be lost. No, uh, no, 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 no. They're not lost, but definitely I think that they will have a much harder time. That yeah. They had a better record without him, but with him this year, he's a better player this year than he was last year. Pags and Mac, let me ask both of you. If you could redraft, when they were drafted in the same class, Zion Williamson went number one. Jay Morant went number two. If you could redraft with considering injury history, this or that, would you redraft Williamson one, Morant two, or would you go with Morant number one? What do you think, Pax? That's a tough one. I mean, I guess uh, I, I like the defensive side of Williamson better than I like Morant's offensive side. Uh, that I think defense still wins championships. So in that alone is the only reason. Uh, either way, I think you'd win in that draft. The, the only concern I would have about about Zion is the injuries, right? He's a, he's a big boy, and and you know he gets injured because you know he's 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 so heavy and so and 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 he's had problems injuries. Uh, Morant is a is a is a is a skinny dude too. So what I mean, he's a slasher. He's I don't know. I, I think I would probably go with Morant. I probably go with Morant. So that would be my that would be my first round pick. Okay. Um, <laughs> college basketball, of course. Uh, this is this is very early in college uh, basketball right now. Purdue is in first. Um, University of uh, Virginia is in second. UConn in third. Eleven and all. They're playing some good ball. Um, Alabama at eight one. Houston nine hundred one, Tennessee nine hundred one, Texas seven hundred one. Uh, I think that's Kansas City is eight and one. I'm not sure. Um, Arizona's eight and one, and Arkansas is nine and one. Uh, one story that we covered already, Pags. I don't know if I got your take on it or not. Of course, Griner was released um, from a Soviet Union prison. Um, you know, I don't want to get too political. I I just think that uh, you know, there's, you know. She's made a star because she did something wrong and, and got arrested. I, I, you know, I, I don't get, uh, I get the, the, you know, the, the concern and and the publicity and all that stuff. I, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a really crazy thing. What do you think, Pat? I, so the only, the, the only issue that I have, having, you know, like we got her out of there. I am a firm believer that. Anybody who is over there abroad and imprisoned uh, deserves to get out of there. And whatever we, our government can do to do it. Now, I mean, obviously, they, you know, uh, who we traded for, the, the, uh, the trade definitely looks like it worked out better for Russia, whatever oh, yeah. would have you. Let's, let's, you know, beyond that part. The problem I have is that she was told beforehand, do not take any substances into this country. It could be detrimental. They were pushed on this. They signed waivers on this, and she still decided to do it. And then the government had to do all of this dancing around like monkeys to get it, get her out of there. Like, you know, and that 
that's what it is. We were made to look a little foolish. And yeah. that was the problem I have with this. Not it. I, I'm not being political in any way, shape, or form because ultimately I'm happy that she got out. You know what I mean? I, now, am I happy that we lost the trade? No. Am I happy that, you know, that we still have a POW that's over there who helped out our country and we still were unable to get him out? No. That being said, you can't put that all on the table because it wasn't all on the table. You know, and everybody saying, oh, well, we need to go get him out now. We got to do whatever we can to get him. It, it just doesn't work that way. You know, no, and ultimately, ultimately, I'm happy that she is home. I hope she has a better respect for this country in general because of everything that happened and that she has learned her lesson that, hey, listen, when somebody says don't do something, I better not do it. Well, you know, Pags, I'll just say one last thing. And Jack, if you want to say something too, fine. Uh, me and you were both in the military. You both went overseas. And when they go over, they think it's the same as our country. And it's totally different. They got totally different rules. They're a lot more unforgiving. Um, and, and their prisons over there are not even close to what our prisons are, even though going to jail anywhere is terrible. Um, you know, I, I, I think that uh, she's just lucky. She's just lucky that somebody uh, decided to, to, that we decided to go get her. That's all. And Jack, if you got one more thing, that'll be it. Yeah, not much. I could just comment on LeBron James when she was there in prison oh, yeah. saying, why would she even want to come back to this yeah. country? That's LeBron James. Doesn't get called out on remarks like no, that. So no. that. I'm more annoyed at him, you know. Then I am actually a Britney Grant. And, and she'll they, make more money. She'll make more money from telling her story than she will have ever made playing basketball. But she might be a nice person, Pax. The people she flew back with on the plane, the officials, they were saying how impressed they were with her. She was asking them questions about them. She wanted to sit down and talk with them. They were really impressed with her as a person. If we knew her, we might like her great deal. So. Yeah, I, I, it, unfortunate, it, it's an unfortunate situation. Like I said, I'm happy that she is out of there. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's really what's most important. That, okay, she did something wrong. Did she deserve to go to jail the way that she did? No. She's got a very strong life lesson out of this. A very yeah. strong life lesson out of this. I agree with that. You know, and she needs to help share that because it's not just Russia that is this issue. You know what I mean? This is this was this was more of a an type of situation. She felt entitled enough to bring that over there. That's what this is. Yeah, but you were told not to. She was told yeah, not to. You can't have this. You can't well, do this. Well, well, well. Again, guys. Again, guys. Over, I think we're over time, like the NFL. We should do a coin flip. Who talks next? Again, guys. This, this. They people really believe that the world is the same as they live here, and it's not. And that's the biggest lesson that, I mean, I wish I could send some of these people over there to find out what real poor people are and stuff like that. But now we're really going crazy. Folks, have a great day. Um, have had a real spirited show today. Uh, thank you for tuning in. The likes, the loves, the, 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 the people viewing us today. Um, big games tomorrow night. We'll have the debate show tomorrow for you. Pags, you're going to be there too, right? 
I'm going to be there, and I'm going to love Chicago. All right. Okay. So join me, Jack, Doc, and Pags tomorrow on the debate show. Have a great day, folks.